You know, in our case, it's about engaging with our guests, with our audience to, you know, make us all smarter by the people we bring on. It's not necessarily, you know, that Tim and I are the smart ones. We bring smart people like you on. We're not. Not yet. We're working. <laughs> Ecamm is really cool because it's simple to use, but you can customize so many more things. Welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast, the show for all levels of experience with the best guests in the industry. Now, more than ever, it's important to keep up on the latest marketing trends and topics, and this is just the spot. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Now Marketing Group. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 69 of the Making a Marketer podcast. I'm Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing, the sponsor of this show. We provide strategic communication, consulting, and training for small to medium-sized businesses. Now, the show today had to be done on live because it's a show about live streaming with Tim Sohn and Jim Fuse. Welcome, Tim and Jim. Thank you, Megan. So happy to be here. And happy birthday to the Marine Corps. That's right. I I don't feel a day over 245. Let's start with you, Tim. Tell our listeners about yourself and what you're up to. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, everybody. I am Tim Stone. I am here in the forests of Pennsylvania with the bears and the turkeys. And my business is Stone Social Media Solutions. And I help nonprofit organizations and businesses that want to increase their impact uh, through live video, through remote live producing for both live shows and virtual events. I'm also the co-host of the Tim and Jim show, as well as the Coffee and Donut show with Christine Gritman. And I produce shows with Brian Shulman as well, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Fantastic. <laughs> if I remember right, he said he likes Dunkin' Donuts and his family and not necessarily in that order. <laughs> I did say that. I did. You have a good memory. Yes. That, that's, that's a little scary, Tim. But uh, uh, you know, we keep talking right. to Duncan. You know, Duncan's moving to Atlanta, Tim. Maybe you should move to Atlanta. No, Duncan is right here 20 minutes away. Why would I move down? The headquarters. So you can go out and pick at them on a daily basis. Well, they were bought by Inspired Brands. Yes. Which owns, I think, Arby's and some other things. And Megan, I knew you wanted to talk just about Dunkin' Donuts and Arby's today. So uh, I digress. (laughs) It's all good. No worries. Jim, tell us about Fusion Marketing. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, Jim Fuse. I'm the president of Fusion Marketing. I do marketing the Marine Corps way. And part of that brand development was uh, working with a friend of ours, Angus Nelson, because I retired from the Marine Corps about 11 years ago. And as you can see, I'm wearing my Marine Special Operations Command shirt that I helped start up back in 2006. And today is the Marine Corps birthday. So celebrating that, I've become a virtual event producer, remote live stream producer. I do the show with Tim every Wednesday at uh, 12 o'clock Eastern. Also, I'm now an Amazon influencer. I hate using that term, but that's what they call me. And me and my friend Chris Stone produce a show on there called Dealcasters Live, which has been a lot of fun. We've interviewed uh, Jennifer Watson and uh, a couple other folks that are releasing books. And so we talk about stuff that deals with live streaming, podcasting, in Jennifer's case, how to save yourselves from a storm and things you might want to buy. <laughs> and then me and Christian Karasevich have started the Launch Your Live podcast, where we teach people how to start and get better at live streaming. So really, I think the shift, and Tim and I both look at it, is that uh, starting our show you know, over two years ago really prepared us 
even though we didn't know it for the times we're in today. I love all of that. I'm interested to know about the Amazon. So how, do, how does one access this content? So I have a link that you follow amazon.com forward slash fusion marketing shop and you can okay. follow my store and then it lets you know whenever I go live. But we also have been putting it out on various social media sites. We even have a LinkedIn company page for Dealcasters Live because you've okay. got to always be branding. Right. And didn't you just make fun of Tim for having like 500 shows? I wish I, I did. That. I did. Well, you have 500. I only have 300. So, I don't right. know. It sounds to me like you got him beat. I'm just saying. Yes, but he's much more visible than me. He's everywhere. Tim is everywhere. Tim was on Saturdays, Wednesdays, Mondays. I'm not sure what's going on if I'm not live. I have to be careful what I say because I'm probably live. <laughs> You got to mind your P's and Q's, hey? That's great. Really? <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So, you know, this show is for everyone. This is for people who are just starting out to people who've been around for a long time. And as you guys know, there are some seasoned marketers out there who still also haven't um, jumped into the live realm. So I think this will be really useful. So as you set out to create a live show, what did you guys think was going to be the hardest part and the easiest part about that? And were you right on either? I'll let Tim start. Ah, sure. Jim would have said, Tim, go ahead anyway. Um <laughs> I thought the uh, the hardest part was going to be just starting. Well, I guess it was the hardest part because that was the scary. That's really the scariest part for a lot of people, I think. Like just hitting the button. Yeah, so the hardest part was really doing that. And yes, I think that was the hardest part. Uh, the easiest part, I would say, is having conversations with people like the format that we have on the Tim and Jim show where we interview people and Jim's an amazing co-host. I have a previous background in journalism. So I love having conversations and, and just meeting so many different kinds of people and having conversations with them. But I would say the hardest part was just starting. All right. And the easiest part? The easiest part? I know the question was like three parts. So I'll remind you of, of each <laughs> element. <laughs> the easiest part, I think, is just like after initially getting on video, like having conversations with people like in this format, I just love having conversations and asking questions and learning about people and building relationships with people. Does that answer your question? Sure. Yeah. Sure. And the, I mean, the last part, there's no wrong answer. I just, the last part was like, were you wrong or were you right on what your, your anticipation of how it was going to go, I guess. I think I was right. Okay. <laughs> Again, no yeah, I'm sure. Answer. I'm sure that <laughs> I think I was right. Okay. Yes. I think for me, what I thought would be the hardest part was, would we be able to find guests and keep things moving, maintain that consistency? You know, I thought the easiest part would ultimately be going live, which in some aspects, it wasn't always because you run into challenges with the internet and, you know, I had hurricanes early on in the beginning of the show. I had to literally relocate. So I was doing live streams from, from wherever. And then I think what we found over time and, you know, I I think sometimes Tim and I might joke, it took us a hundred episodes to get there was you have to constantly be working on your, if you want to call it your run of show. And so looking back, what I think surprised us ultimately is that, but I think it's because we've worked at it, is that getting guests for us has actually become a great process. I mean, we're booked into 2021 already, but we were very focused. And I think by keeping each other accountable, by having a co 
co-host. You know, I think that really is what helped us, at least I think in our opinion, be successful. And it's led to a lot of opportunities where, you know, where before, you know, we were looking for people to interview. And, you know, sometimes it would be like, who are you going to interview next week, Tim? And I'll be like, I don't know. Well, we got to find someone. We've only got six days to get it out there. The biggest challenge was getting the guests, keeping it relevant. Because if you don't have good guests, you know, people are not going to want to continue to watch your show. So we've been blessed, had great guests, yourself included, Megan. And so I think that's what's made it fun. Our first year, we had Ross Brand to celebrate our first year. And then this year, we had Andrew and Pete. And it's funny because a lot of people like, well, how did you do that? It's called We Asked, right? Yes. Thank right. you, Jeff. Jeff Wilson is one of my <laughs> former Marsat guys. So uh, he recognizes the shirt as well. So it still fits, Jeff, all these years later. <laughs> Come awesome. on, man. It's not like a wedding dress. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, I was I was so happy to be asked to be on the show and sad that Tim was um, out not well that day. So That's I didn't right. Get to, That's right. I didn't get to both the Tim and the Jim, only the Jim. But we're here now. Yes, right. exactly. Now more than ever. That's Tim's. Hi. Hi, right. We have Brian in the house. He loves Ross Brand. Hashtag we ask, he says. All right. I love it. <laughs> hey, Brian. <laughs> nice. Okay, so what's the number one reason to actually do a live streaming show? What do you guys think, Tim? What's what's the number one reason someone should dip their toe in the live streaming water? I think the number one reason is really to get to know other people build relationships with them. There's such a community aspect to live streaming. And of those relationships, some of those people you're going to end up, you might start another show with them, or you might end up on their show, or you might collaborate with them in some way. You might have some sort of partnership. They might refer you to other clients. You know, there's just, there's so many different advantages to live streaming. Of course, you said, what is the number one reason? So I would say building relationships to accomplish all of those things I just said. <laughs> That's a perfect answer. <laughs> Jen Cole is my co-host on the shows that we that aren't live, and and she gave that answer recently. It was like it's a combination awesome. of these three things. That was her workaround. Hey, like I said, no no rules, no. Jen, what do you think? I think it really is a combination of it builds awareness of your brand and it allows you to grow in a, a community. I think the biggest difference between, say, live and recorded, like right now, we're able to have a conversation with these people that are off camera because we can see their comments. And I think that people like that connection. And that connection is not always there with recorded video. So if you can overcome that fear of being live, I really think it's a very powerful way, especially like even for a business, right? Even if it's a short short live stream. You're able to talk and connect with your customers. And I just don't think that there's any other format currently that is as powerful. Yeah, I agree. I have a client actually that I'm, I'm putting together their strategy for next year. And that's one of my recommendations is going to be to do a live show. Now the, the challenge becomes when it's only once a month, like this is only once a month. It does, it's not really appointment programming. You know, you're not really on someone's calendar when it's one day a month necessarily. But, and as I'm sure we'll get into this, there's still so much value in, you know, the repurposing and people watching later. We've got a couple more new folks here. I'm guessing these are your, these are yeah. your friends. These are all yes. your friends. I love it. <laughs> 
This is great. All right. So Jim, the number one reason, uh, do you have any other, another? Um, well, you, cause I know we were only supposed to say one, but I, I would say, uh, <laughs> so, so I guess my number two reason would be that you're creating content that, and you kind of hit on it, that you're going to be able to repurpose. And, you know, that even means, you know, and we all are friends with Stephanie Lou, you can take this stuff, turn it into that blog post, whatever. And for me, maybe because, you know, I had to write a thesis to get a master's degree. So I don't like writing the idea of being able to take that video and turning it into written word through technology is much more exciting than having to write it all out. And so you can have all this content. The biggest thing is we have to remember to repurpose it. So that's another great reason it can be, you know, become testimonials. It can, uh, and it kind of, you know, showcases what either what your brand is about or the people that you bring on. It's great to be able to promote other people. And I think that's what Tim really, and, and I both enjoy about the Tim and Jim show. Yeah, for sure. I have a question for you though. Did you like writing before your thesis? I think I did. I think that's where I've got to go. Yeah. It was like when you write 83 pages of stuff just to get a master's degree, it's not always fun. <laughs> I loved it. Mine was 104 pages and I actually surprised myself. I loved the research. It was really interesting, but they say like to do it on a subject that you're passionate about because you're going to hate the subject by the time you're done with it. But I never heard anyone say you're going to hate writing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. So I want to hear now share with our listeners some suggestions for setting out to create a strategy for a live show, right? Because you should really always have a strategy. Why are we doing it? What are we trying to accomplish? Um, and that may change over time, right? You're going to tweak and um, whatnot as, as things ebb and flow. Tim, what do you think? Yeah, I think there, like there's so many things to consider. One thing that we've been thinking about a lot lately with the Tim and Jim show is where we stream to. So at first, we only stream to Facebook. And now with StreamYard, and there's other tools as well out there that you can multi-stream with. You know, now we stream to Facebook, we stream to Twitter, we stream to LinkedIn, we stream to YouTube, both to each of our own. But then we've also created a Tim and Jim show and YouTube Tim and Jim show dedicated channels just for the show, kind of with the idea of them being more specific communities and brands themselves, the Tim and Jim show, as opposed to our, our separate brands, which obviously we bring to the table as well. But but that's one thing that we've been thinking a lot in terms of in terms of a long-term goal. I think we want to focus on building that Tim and Jim show Facebook page as well as Tim and Jim show YouTube channel and eventually phase out the other ones and and drive all the traffic to those two places. Gotcha. That's smart. Uh, any swag on it's the horizon? It's coming. We're working on it. That's, <laughs> that's great. What kind of swag would you like, Megan? What would be the swag that you would most want from the Tim and Jim show? Well, I'm always a, I'm a sucker for a sticker and you're, a coffee mug. Okay. Yeah. Sticker, coffee mug, t-shirts. That's good. all good stuff. Yeah. That's the good stuff. Yes. Yeah. And I, I don't think I have it in front of me, but I just got my StreamYard t-shirt and coffee mug. It's yes. a huge mug. It's like, oh my God. I think you could have a bowl of soup in it. <laughs> you can. Yeah. So I think it's upstairs right now. But yeah, I think really the why becomes, you know, what is your goals to your point, Megan? It's like, I think when Tim and I first started, you know, we had a goal of making it week to week. And then eventually it's like, you know, hey, we've actually got something here. And so the goal was to grow our community, to grow our awareness. And I think with businesses, like if you're going to do something live to even your point, like if you're going to go live once a month, once every two weeks, what's the purpose? Is it to, you know, and I always like to use the, the, the four E's of social media, educate, engage, empower. 
empower and entertain. That's really what you want the goal of your show to be. Which one is it? Is it to educate the potential customers or customers about what you do and allow for that interaction with a live show? You know, in our case, it's it's about engaging with our guests, with our audience to, you know, make us all smarter by the people we bring on because it's it's not necessarily, you know, that Tim and I are the smart ones. We we bring smart people like you are. We're on. not. Not yet. We're working on it. Um, <laughs> but I think that's where you really, you know, and, and it shouldn't always be because here's the thing. If you start out with thinking that, oh, you know, we're going to get all these viewers, you may be sorely disappointed. It may take months for you to get traction. I think the biggest thing you have to remember when you start this why is you've got to be consistent. I mean, I don't know other than for maybe a weird holiday here and there. I don't know that Tim and I have ever missed a week where the show didn't go on. You know, even in a case where with enough advance notice, we've had guest co-host if one of us couldn't make it. It's like the show has to become a priority in order for you to be successful. Fully, I agree with that 100%. This show is a podcast that we decided to add in a second show per month. So part is part of the reason why it's just me and not Jen, easier for scheduling. But also I, you know, I wanted to walk the walk and add some dimension to the podcast and having a live show, I think gives you exposure to more potential viewers, especially when your guests are kind and share it out um, before and help you promote the show. But yeah, I I don't get caught up in the, how many people were watching live. I mean, it's amazing. If I get double digits, I'm like, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for me, the power is in you know, in the audio that comes out of it. But yeah, but I do really like the interaction that we get with the questions that come in, which by the way, if you have any questions for these guys, please put them in the comments. All right. So let's talk tools. Now I was a community moderator for a social media examiner for a while. And the number one question asked on their Friday show every week was, what are you using to live stream this to five different platforms? So this is StreamYard and it's also what Tim and Jim use. So obviously it's fabulous. You can stream to so many different platforms at the same time. Are there any other tools that you guys can recommend that you think folks just starting out might be interested in looking into or what have you used? Yes, absolutely. One uh, other platform that I've been experimenting with recently, and I was recently in the Ecamm Live Academy program, as well as Jim, right, Jim? Yes. So Ecamm is really cool because it's simple to use, but you can customize so many more things. Uh, You can have transparent uh, countdown timers where people can see you through the countdown timer. You can customize like the comments. You can change the font of the comments. You can drag and drop the comments size. It has a feature, which is my favorite feature. Jim knows what my favorite feature is. It has a 180 degree feature. So you can be upside down while you're live streaming. That's my favorite feature. So one of the biggest differences though with Ecamm is that it's it's an application that you actually download on your computer as opposed to web-based. So there's certain advantages and disadvantages to that. But overall, I love Ecamm because of its, of its customization features and things like that. And then through Ecamm, to get to stream to multi-platforms, you have to use Restream or something like right. that. Right. You yeah. do. Yeah. But with StreamYard, it's all built right into StreamYard. So you don't need a second application for that. Right. I bought Ecamm when it was still a flat fee, but I've never used it. And Stephanie Lowe will kill me for like, cause, cause yes. I've been for two years, I've been talking about it's literally two years next week <laughs> that I shared that I had it and hadn't used it yet. And you still can. Uh, I know I can. For a flat fee or no fee. For no fee. Yeah. It's already paid for. What about any other tools, Jim, that you... 
Well, actually, so it's, uh, I've gotten really into figuring out how to present things differently. And so what a lot of people don't realize, and this may something be a reason to make you pull Ecamm out of the, the dustbin, is uh-huh. you can use Ecamm with StreamYard. It's called a virtual cam. So uh-huh. I, virtual cam, so as an example, if we had really wanted to, I could use Ecamm right now and show you my cell phone at the same time while in StreamYard. So now I don't need Restream. Another program I've started to use is is Prezi. The other thing about both these programs, Ecamm and Prezi, from a virtual cam standpoint, is you can use it in Zoom. So if you're having to do a Zoom presentation, now you have a way to set yourself apart. And so, you know, you don't have to use all the StreamYard uh, features. You could actually come up with a way to make your uh, everything look, you know, completely different. We also, like uh, with the show we do on uh, Dealcasters Live, we actually use StreamYard. Like the other day, I was making a showing people how to use the Amazon Alexa app on the phone while they could still see my face while in StreamYard on Amazon, right? So talk about, you know, inception. Picture and picture. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because I will say that the one advantage I still see over StreamYard over some of the others is how easy it is to bring guests on. Uh, You know, in a remote production right now for MIT and IBM Research, where we're live streaming to YouTube and Twitter. And so as we're ahead of time, we're doing these dry runs with the speakers it's like they've never been on it's like here's the link they come on they don't have to download anything fancy and then for graphics right you can use really like easel and adobe spark to really help create some uh i know a lot of people use canva but i think uh i just feel like easel and adobe spark really make things pop a lot better yeah i need to check out the both of those actually so in terms of broadcasting to Twitter, you can, through using StreamYard, you can't, but you have to have a Periscope account, right? That's, that's correct. Yeah. I had one back in the day, but I don't know what happened. Well, if you, if you have a Twitter account, you just log in Periscope with your Twitter and you'll have it back. Oh, okay. All yeah. right, cool. Yeah, because for that client that I was talking about, their community is big on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um medical community that they're in. So I think, yeah, we'd probably, we get more traction there than we would on Facebook. Now you got to go where your people are. Exactly. That's right. So Jim, you mentioned guests. I know that that's a concern that some people have for an interview style show. So do you have any suggestions or tips for curating a great guest list? I know you mentioned, you touched on it a little bit, but. Yeah. So we used to be maybe about two or three weeks ahead. And then we developed a process. We created a spreadsheet with all the show dates and then we used Calendly as a way, because it will also let you set up questions. So as an example, if I said, you know, hey, Megan, would you like to be on our show? We send it out. It gives you all the available dates to pick from. And then when you pick that date, we already are building kind of like what's the topic? You know, you give us your social media handles, all that sort of thing. And so it just has allowed us to do a much better job of planning. The other thing I would say is don't be afraid to ask people. I I think sometimes people have this fear that people are going to say no. Well, that's the worst thing that can happen is they say no. There are lots of people that would love to share their story. Uh, I, I think the other big thing is as well is that when you do have a guest that you don't want to be the center of the attention. You want to make your guests the center of attention. And I think I feel like the feedback Tim and I get is what people love about being on our show is that we definitely go out of our way to make sure that uh, we treat our guests uh, first class. I thought it was the sports segment, Jim. Well, that's new. <laughs> 
I haven't caught your show for a while. I'm not an early riser and I'm not in California right now, but on the on the West Coast, isn't it like a 9 a.m. show? Yes, but that's me? why yes. you watch the replay, right? That's yes. what, it's all about the replay. Obviously. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I tried to use Calendly, but I got tripped up because the recordings are at different times. And so it became hard to maneuver that. So, but I, I need to get back to that. But yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's, it's just, um, yeah, ask. It's like anything else, getting someone to volunteer to do something. All you got to do is ask. I've been like just blown away by the people who have said yes to this show. And then you, and then you build credibility, right? So the more people yeah. that you have on and there's certain names that certain people will say, oh, well, if they've been on, I got to do the show, you know? Right. Like Megan Powers. Yes. Yes. Powers of work. Jim. All right. <laughs> okay. So in terms of making adjustments as you go, how often do you look at the data on your show and decide that there are things you should tweak or, or do you not? Do you, do you just fly with it or what's the kind of what's, how do you, do you want to start? How do you approach that? Yeah. So I think for us, we started the YouTube channel and that's definitely, I think one where we've been spending a lot more time with the analytics, because I think the challenge with Facebook as an example is unless you're going to run ads and, and promote your show that way, it's just, it's a tough algorithm. You know, YouTube, you start building subscribers, you use tools like TubeBuddy, uh, you know, Rob Balasabas got us turned on to that. And you, you start to use that SEO and you start to see your subscriber numbers climb. You start to see your views. And then the other thing is you can go in on YouTube and see, is there a part in the show where viewers are dropping off? And I think I've been blown away by the number of views we've had the last two weeks. I don't know if that's because of SEO or like you said, the guests promoting that they were on our show. And that's a big part of it too, right? Are your guests promoting that they were on the show? Are they repurposing it? So I think that's why we have decided to make that adjustment as well to like, you know what? The, so like as a problem of us going to both of our pages is like, in a sense, we're splitting our audience. And we had Diana Gladney on, who brought up a great point. I think that was like where Tim and my, our minds got blown is when you're on multiple platforms, even though like right now, because we're, we're guests, we can see all the comments. Well, the people that are on your personal page versus your business page aren't seeing each other's comments. So they're not able to interact. And then the other piece was like on YouTube, it's easy to find your videos. But if I want to go back and watch a previous uh, episode of the powers of marketing on Facebook, it's not always easy to find. And so I think as we've been analyzing it, it's like, okay, let's really start focusing more on YouTube, even though, like you said, it's not going to be live viewers, but that we're getting the replay view. And then with Facebook, you know, discontinuing. And, and then Tim has done a great job. I'll probably call Tim the king of engagement, not only during the show, but after the show. And him and Brian, I, I know, are getting ready to run a program to help folks get better at that that already have shows. And sometimes like it seems so simple, the things they're talking about, but we don't do it enough. And uh, so I'll let Tim talk about that. Yeah, sure. So, so one thing that we do, and I do this for both the Tim and Jim show, as well as the shows that I help Brian out with as well, is after the show is over, all of the people who have commented, I send them a direct message, just thanking them. And I do that every single week. And those people are some of the ones that come back time and time again, because it's that personal interaction. One thing that Brian does on Shout Out Saturday and What's Good Wednesday is he actually takes a screenshot because for that show, we bring people live on 
screen and they shout out people they're thankful for and we do social distancing. And Oh my gosh, that's so fun. Yes, it's very fun. But he'll actually take screenshots from when we're all on screen together dancing or doing something crazy. And then in the comments, he'll actually say to, you know, do a comment for each person saying, thank you so much for coming on. And he'll remember exactly what they shared. And he'll put all of that in the comment along with the screenshot. I think it's those little things like, you know, showing that you remember the people that are in your community that really are an important part of your, should be an important part of your strategy. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, and one thing I noticed about StreamYard that's different for me is that I can't like the comments from inside. Right. The, that's a change. So I'll, I will go back. I do go back and, and try to, you know, answer any questions that we didn't get to or, you know, try to a- engage with the folks when I can. Yes. Yeah. And I just pulled up my business page because I was looking and on my personal, right on my personal page, there were no comments, but. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So we are a little bit over, but I want to ask one more thing of you guys. Um, What's one final piece of advice that you would give to someone who's just getting started um, that you already haven't shared? Tim, what do you think? Have fun, especially now. Like there's so much craziness in the world. Have fun, smile. Like when you're doing your live show, like think about your community and the people that are out there that you've met along the way and just make sure to smile and have fun. That's my tip. Yeah. Hi, Val. Giving a shout out. All sorts of love. Shout out. Jim, shout out. So my advice would be, and and part of this, I get Chris Kermitzos who runs PodFest Global and also VidFest, which will be going on next month. And uh, really excited me and uh, Chris Stone got asked to speak about uh, Amazon Live there. But start up ugly. Don't try to be perfect. Don't feel like you got to go buy this fancy mic and this headphones and all this other stuff. You can start with your cell phone and a lapel mic. Just get started. Quit making excuses that you got to spend all this money to go live. I mean, go to the Tim and Jim show Facebook page and we did a flashback Friday to episode one if you want to see how far we've come. So uh, I would just say, just get started. Don't get, I, don't try to be perfect. I love that. That's great advice. Paul Collian is a podcast pro. His advice to me was, he said, your first episode is probably going to suck. He said, but your second one will be better than your first and third will be better than your second and so on. So I, I fully believe that. I feel like, I don't, were you guys in, in around the Blab days? Were you on Blab? I was a, I watched Blab, but I wasn't okay. ready to jump in, right? That's okay. that whole thing, right? I wasn't. Yeah. Okay. I, cause I, I was just going to say, I feel like that's where a lot of people cut their teeth on just getting on screen, on just like, on just going for it and just doing it. And I remember Brian Fanzo being like in, Every blab that I was on, he was either on screen or or in the audience. And that was at the time where he was really trying to ramp up his speaking business and get on stages. He had been speaking on corporate, right? But he was having a hard time breaking through um, in terms of like the the marketing space. And yeah, so obviously, and look at how far he's come now. Everything that you guys described about all that fancy stuff with Prezi and Restream and Ecamm and all, he's doing all of those things. He's just, it's like, magic. So yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen overnight. I mean, I've been doing this for a while and I'm, I, that I'm still not doing all that super fancy stuff, but yeah, I think there's nothing quite like the relationship that you can build with, with people face-to-face. And that was the magic of lab is that you could just pull someone in, which, you know, with this, we can put their comments up and we can engage with them um, in that way, but it's not quite the same. So, well, I um, want you guys to share when you're, you don't have to share all your shows again, (laughs) 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 but, but, but let's hear when is the Tim and Jim show and um, how can, what's the best way to find you both? 
So the Tim and Jim show is on Wednesdays at noon Eastern time. This week's guest is Ramon Ray. He's talking about how to date your leads and marry your customers. So we're excited to have him on. I met him a few years ago at a conference in the city. And then I just saw him at Social Media Marketing World. That was this year, right? Yeah. So we're very excited to have him on. And we're grateful for all of our guests. We've had so many people we're grateful for having on. Absolutely. Well, Ramon, he's on my list of uh, my online list of people. I love his energy. I know. I haven't. And it's funny that you just met him because I know exactly who he is from being a stage. What's the word called at, at World where the person who introduces every guest? Or I'm sorry, every speaker in a room. Like an MC? Yeah, but they don't room host. Room host. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, he's a he's he's been a room host for years. And so obviously deserves himself to be on that damn stage, not introducing people, but being the being the being the main event. Anything else you want to share, Jim, that where people can find your Yeah, I mean, uh follow me on Twitter at at Fusion Marketing. Uh marketing is shortened to MKTG. Uh excited next week I'll be speaking as part of uh, Agora Pulse's uh Social Pulse Summer Twitter edition. I'll be talking about how to use Twitter to uh, promote your live and recorded video, both before, during, and after. And I have all kinds of shows too, like Tim, but follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn. I think those are my two favorite places to to hang out. I, I do hang out on Facebook to watch people's shows, but there's just too much noise on Facebook for me to stay there all the time. <laughs> I feel you so much on that. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, I can't thank you enough for being my guest finally on the Making a Marketer podcast. Thanks to all of your friends, Hybel and Jeff and Brian and Marsha. And I see you all and I appreciate you all. And to anyone who is watching the replay or listening to the podcast, thank you also for listening to episode 69. This has been Making a Marketer and we will catch you next time.